Hello and welcome. My name is Kristen Blazek and I am coordinator of student recruitment for the College of Urban Affairs. Today we'll be talking about the Center for Economic Development's paper, Opportunities for Youngstown in the Supply Chains of Northeast Ohio and Pittsburgh Economies. I am here with my co-host Molly. Molly, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Great. How was your holiday? Uh, I like everybody, my holiday was too short, but good. Right. Uh, Sainzies on my end. Uh, could you, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody who hasn't tuned in before? Sure. My name is Molly Schnoak. I am with the uh, Center for Community Planning and Development and the Levin College Forum Program. Great. And then we have some guests with us today. My name is Ira Demko. I am research associate at the Center of Economic Development at Cleveland State University. And I am Birsan Karpak from Yangsan State University. Uh, I teach supply chain management classes. And I think my main uh, specialty now, I'm teaching enterprise resource planning uh, systems and I'm teaching it with SAP and ERP systems. Actually, I have uh, I was teaching at Youngstown State as well. They invited me for about 10 years. I taught enterprise resource planning, uh, uh, how, to do, how to integrate different business processes using SAP. And I'm Sarah Dougherty. I'm a director of partnerships at Bright Energy Innovators. It's a nonprofit energy tech incubator that serves startups um, across Ohio and Appalachia. Let's get started. So this paper focuses on Youngstown. And I know that Youngstown, there's been a lot of research around Youngstown. Um, so why are we back to focusing on Youngstown. Yeah, so the main reason we are focusing on Youngstown is that because in 2019, the Lordstown General Motors plant closed and it left 1500 people unemployed. And after that, the Center of Economic Development and the Eastgate Regional Council of Governments at Youngstown received a grant from the Economic Development Administration to support economic recovery of the region. And since then, we published five research briefs covering different issues. One was focusing specifically on housing, the impact of GM closure on housing in the region. One was focusing on the role of public transportation. Once pandemic started, we uh, issued a research brief specifically on the impact of COVID on the economy of Youngstown. And we did find very uh, sad statistics such as 40% of previously employed residents in Mahoning and Trumbull counties, they filed for unemployment as pandemic started, 40%. And now this brief, we really want to look into the future and we, one of the opportunities, we look at the supply chain, the role of uh, um, the possibilities for Youngstown in the supply chain of uh, Northeast Ohio and Pittsburgh economies. So why is Pittsburgh included in this? Right. Northeast Ohio is a big place. There's several um, MSAs that are included in the broader region of Northeast Ohio. What's the, the rationale and, and real importance of including P Pittsburgh in this examination? 
So first of all, Pittsburgh is close. If you look just ge geographically on the map, Youngstown is really in between these two uh, large economies. And um, second, well, what we found that Pittsburgh has a lot of opportunities for um, diversifying the economy of Youngstown. If, uh, if already, when you look at the economic-based industries of Northeast Ohio and Youngstown, they are similar in terms of the dominance of manufacturing industries. But for Pittsburgh, it's very different. The economy of Pittsburgh, 70% of the economic base of um, uh, a Pittsburgh economy consists of services. And it's more, it's a lot of financial services when you look specifically at opportunities. That's why I think the, the Pittsburgh economy is very interesting for Youngstown. Can I ask the Lordstown plant, you said that it was, it was a GM plant. So what exactly is the Lordstown plant and why is it a big thing for Youngstown? It's the major, it was the major employer and historically, I think maybe someone from more locally can, can tell you. Like what is the significance of, of this Lordstown plant and why are we focusing yeah. so many efforts on doing something with the Lordstown plant? Sure, um, I'll take a quick step back. I think Ira had the, the perfect answer regarding the Pittsburgh market. Um, as you know, someone in their 30s that lives in the Youngstown Metro, when it comes to um, professionals, um, say, you know, I, if I go to my gym, if people are working locally, they're either with the hospital system or higher education like Youngstown State, or they commute to independent uh, Ohio for uh, finance, insurance jobs, or they're commuting to Cranberry PA. So when it comes to our labor shed, that's very connected. Um, I'm a little um, hazy. I used to spend a lot of time in location quotients and so forth, and I'm not in that world right now. I think around, say, like 2015, 2016, if you were to look at the location quotient, so the, um, the impact of those automotive manufacturing jobs for the MSA and all of that um, disproportionately being the GM Lordstown plant, um, there's something like between seven and nine local jobs for every job at that Lordstown plant were created. So um, the, the domino effect of losing those 1,500 jobs, you know, should as this research has shown, has a multitude effect. Uh, actually, Pittsburgh is quite important for me as well. I usually, uh, we have this uh, uh, SAP users group. It, it is called ASAC, which is uh, companies who are using SAP and they have uh, uh, organization in Ohio. So I do uh, take my students, their meetings in Ohio, but I do take uh, their meetings to uh, companies in uh, uh, Pittsburgh as well. So not only Pennsylvania, but Pittsburgh has, since, since it is so lively and there are so many company so they have special group for Pittsburgh and I do take my students because it's a good job job opportunities for them yeah of so course uh, yeah go ahead no uh, please no finish. no please go finish. ahead yeah well so it you're describing this place Youngstown right which sits right on the PA border and straddles you know yeah. sort of two economic regions um, and kind of split that way. You take your students into Ohio, you take your students into Pittsburgh, the, the labor shed. So what opportunities exist for Youngstown um, having connections to both the larger Northeast Ohio economy and the larger Pittsburgh economy? Where do those opportunities sit for a place like Youngstown? 
there are a lot of a lot of companies around there. Uh, for example, my students are uh, working for Moen. Uh, are, there are so many companies. They, they work for Cleveland State, so not only manufacturing companies, but some service uh, organizations. Uh, they do have supply chain management in hospitals as well. And in Pittsburgh, of course, there are uh, so, many, so many companies. Of course, my students are uh, more responsive Ohio companies rather than uh, Pittsburgh uh, companies because they don't want to travel one hour to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Uh, but uh, still, I want them, uh, and they meet some people uh, even from Ohio in Pittsburgh, since it is uh, since it is so close, and uh, since uh, this uh, organization organizes so many good meetings, bring uh, attracts so many good companies, uh, so uh, they are interested. So um, I want to add from our perspective, when we looked at the industries, we've, um, we looked at economic-based industries in Northeast Ohio and Pittsburgh, and we looked at the input demand of those industries. And we interlaid that demand with the economic-based industries in Youngstown, what they are already producing. And we found that five sectors, we found that, um, Northeast Ohio economic base, and uh, we found that Northeast Ohio uh, and Pittsburgh economic base industries, they buy 4.3 billion of inputs elsewhere to support just, uh, it's, you know, to support- Outside their... of both regions? Yes, outside of the regions. And uh, when we looked at Youngstown, Northeast Ohio buys 4%, it's 100 million of its input from Youngstown. So it's already buying some of its input from Youngstown, but it could buy more. And specifically, we are looking at advanced manufacturing, opportunities in advanced manufacturing, opportunities in other manufacturing sectors. We also um, looked at financial services. We found it's, it's a big aspirational for Youngstown, specifically with Pittsburgh and energy and polymers and chemicals. I think Sarah can talk more about energy sector and, and others. Yeah, Sarah, what would that look like? So what would the energy sector look like if um, the, the two regions were to increase what inputs and purchases they get out of Youngstown? That's an awesome question. Um, so I think, um, Someone that used to work for the Ohio Development uh, Resources uh, Council once said, if he could redo political boundaries, he'd do them based on watersheds. And I think that's so true with Youngstown because um, I'm right now in Warren and about 10 miles north of me is where the, the watershed starts for things entering Lake Erie. Um, mm -hmm. But where I am right now, that's the Ohio River. And I think that kind of resembles some of this, this industry impact and what we're seeing. And historically, like it's just the Cleveland relationship, particularly for industrial um, mergers and acquisitions, you have the history of Rockefeller and so forth in Cleveland. And then if you really look at the, the base jobs that created the Mahoning Valley, um, a lot of the intellectual property and the management of those industries um, were either given to Cleveland entities or really we see a disproportionate number of ownership out of the Pittsburgh region like Arconic, US Steel and so forth. So that's where a lot of that strength comes from. And um, we're seeing a lot of activity around, I'd say with energy sector 
in manufacturing. Um, one is kind of the Youngstown region is kind of similar to say like Allentown or Scranton and Wilkes-Barre and kind of being a logistics hub for a larger area. Um, just since we have such a great um, connectivity to a lot of um, North America, but um, the Ohio River Basin as well and the his history of uh, chemical refinements and that ability to get raw materials to manufacturers. So that legacy still continues today. And even um, thinking that through about the digitization of how energy is, is being distributed. Um, and that's really where we get excited around um, battery manufacturing. And as that comes alive, if those products can be produced in the Youngstown area and then um, deployed through um, international, you know, Fortune 500s that are located in Pittsburgh. Ira, you talked about um, the potential for advanced manufacturing inputs. And right now, uh, I think you said 4% of what Cleveland purchases is, is out of Youngstown. Aspirationally, you know, what is sort of the upper bounds of, of what that could look like? Is that eventually 10%? Is that, you know, as much as 20%? Yes, it's re it really depends on the... Um, like capacity of the region, we we can we didn't look at the like I can say of course it's one hundred could be one hundred percent right, <laughs> which is for seventy uh, percent that's three three billion, <laughs> that's not this Ohio buys from outside it could come from uh, Youngstown but uh, yeah we didn't look at that I think it's a, it's a good question to look at. What, what Do you guys have recommendations for what? what Youngstown can do to increase that. So, so what is, what is the um, broader set of strategies that a place like Youngstown would have to engage in to increase its, um, its connections and its inputs into its sort of dual regional economies here of Pittsburgh and Cleveland? In terms of recommendations, I can say that some specific companies that are big employers already in this uh, um, sectors, they can benefit from, from these new opportunities. And these are, I have some on my list, like for example, Stifel Financial Management Company. Or in the energy sector, we have um, um, Northern States Metal. It's, it installs one of the largest solar panels in, in the US and it could benefit if energy sectors booms, develops. And uh, there is also a National Heat Exchange Cleaning Corporation that offers repairs of the, for energy generation industry. And I think I'll, it's something that we also found in, we looked at the uh, output growth of uh, industries in Youngstown from 2017 and 2019. And we found that the commercial uh, machinery equipment repair and maintenance industry grew 14%. And I think it's something that we discussed with Sara that it's uh, no, definitely an opportunity for Youngstown to, uh, to fill a space in the repair and maintenance of industrial systems for advanced manufacturing. Yeah, I concur. Um, I think um, Youngstown State, Eastern Gateway Community College, and even, you know, having those larger partnerships like with Cleveland State and, and some of the other community colleges, um, the, the maintenance of energy systems is a large um, employment and economic share opportunity for the metro, but really 
know, what Beerson's doing here with that software as a service and the back end for operations, um, that, that is definitely a place where our, our local workforce is needed and where business opportunities can be made. I'm just thinking, um, you know, along um, the 80 uh, interstate and some of the logistics companies there, if you think of AIM leasing, one of the largest um, semi-contractors in the country, um, I think it, it really is a business development opportunity, but in the sense that um, these local companies need a, a workforce that um, can serve a larger market. One of the things we did, we also compared wages across the sectors that we found. And we found that, uh, again, financial services and energy sectors, they have one of the highest wages. So it's something that can attract um, attract uh, residents to Youngstown and revitalize the region. What does the time frame for something like this look like? Are we talking about, you know, increasing, you know, incrementally on a scale over five years? Is this 10 years? Is this 15 years? I have my question. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is, it is multi-generational. I, I don't know enough. I think I'm just thinking like, if I look at my Instagram feed for some of these financial companies, um, they all have offices in like Naples, Florida and like where the Youngstown diaspora is. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, like, uh, you know, how, how can we work a little closer to home? Um, I, I, I look forward to working with CSU and kind of answering that question. Um, I think, you know, a lot of it starts just with simple government procurement, correct? Um, and that's, that's definitely um, something everyone always works on is those first op, uh, in the door opportunities to uh, establish yourself as a vendor. Um, I think, um, you know, working to increase um, local ownership um, to be able to be at the door for those opportunities, because I think a lot of this is right disrupting established relationships in other markets. To me, the time question is also the workforce question. How long will it take to train uh, people who could work in these industries? And I mean, college education for five years. So is this right, <laughs> Professor Karpak? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is what uh, this is what I am doing. Actually, uh, I am trying to create uh, students for Fortune 500 co companies. Around, around here and usually I urge my students some of them don't want they they want to work in small uh, small medium enterprises I said it's okay wherever you feel comfortable but my main aim encourage them uh, to join these uh, big companies VNM star uh, Goodyear uh, I include as I, as I say Cleveland uh, what is uh, Cleveland Clinic as well yeah Moen, there are different, uh, quite a few companies, yeah, that employ our students. And even sometimes uh, they are employed in Columbus, uh, Parker Hennepin. So actually, I have very nice problem. Uh, I have so many good uh, job opportunities, but I don't have enough students. So actually, I think we should uh, generate more students and because it is, I think this our program, our ERP certificate program is really unique in Northeast Ohio. 
And Cleveland State didn't have any expertise in this area. So that's why they hired me for about 10 years and I did it for them. But after a while, my workload increased so much, I didn't have time. So I said, I have to concentrate, young son. So, and this is what I am doing. Well, that's a good recruitment mes message, right? Of, of bringing young people in, in into this area and this yeah. area of study. So, mm -hmm. you know, what would you tell prospective students about this? You know, why, why go into this area? Not just, um, <laughs> right, the, the jobs, but what's, you know, what's interesting about it? The, the wages, the opportunities, you know, what, uh, what is very it? Very good like? opportunities. One of my students, uh, uh, is hired by Aptif. I'm sure you know the Aptif. Aptif, do you know Aptif? Did I uh, pronounce right? A-P? Yeah, it's the headquarters. It's yeah. uh, US headquarters are in Pittsburgh. Uh, Aptif is uh, actually it is down the road on Belmont Avenue here in, uh, in uh, uh, what is uh, in Yangsam, and they hired him. He was only twenty three years old, and they paid him seventy thousand dollars. This is very good in incentive for, uh, and he was very surprised. He wasn't expecting that he will be paid that high. Normally, our students get maybe between uh, fifty to seventy. Highest uh, rate is for our accounting students. Uh, but this student was actually her, his exper uh, his major was marketing. He just was supply chain management because then when he find out that there are more good job opportunities in supply chain. Now, a lot of our accounting students actually getting this uh, ERP certificate they are getting because uh, even some accounting companies now, they know this supply chain, uh, uh, supply chain uh, knowledge and there are and they are doing consultancy companies want this expertise as well. I think um, it's definitely a role for an institution like you know Levin School to kind of figure out how to address this. Um, you know, we're talking about young people, but I, I don't know the young people in the market. Um, to my knowledge, you know, three more local school districts consolidated uh, in the past year. Looking, you know, our year-over-year -year population decline is about two percent. Um, I think each each week um, our metro loses a, about eight people, um, and that's attrition to other markets, um, moving to Phoenix, uh, the Carolinas, uh, and so forth. So. Um, I think what we found, you know, and I think with CSU's work is kind of what's stabilizing the areas and influx of workers from other um, metros, from Canton, um, from Cranberry, from East Liverpool to, to float our local economy. Uh, I heard that one of the local company, uh, they moved their headquarters to Austin, Texas, and they, they were in our uh, Youngstown incubator. But uh, I, I understand that they, some, some other states give more incentive, I think. So maybe we should, uh, I don't know what are the incentives in Ohio. We should give more in incentives in Ohio than they should stay there. Right. So, you know, what does that incentive structure potentially look like for um, Youngstown and, and Ohio? And is it, um, you know, is it state-based incentives? Is it more driven um, locally? Are, are these things that, 
communities across the country are now um, awash in federal dollars from ARPA and uh, you know rescue funds from the pandemic. Are these are other communities looking to use those kinds of funds to do these very things in attracting companies? I mean, companies go where the people are. So where do people want to be? Um, I, uh, the city of Warren locally is, is updating their comprehensive plan. And I was just looking at their, their green space plan. And um, I just out of curiosity, I looked at the green space in say uh, Charlotte, North Carolina in Austin. Um, and I think like Charlotte has 18 times the amount of green space per person versus our, our local city, um, you know, Austin's 20x times. Um, you know, it really comes down to that quality of life. And um, unfortunately, our metro continues to rank in the bottom quantile on anything related to um, life expectancy, um, the number of people with higher degrees of education. So, um, and looking at places with great decline, um, it, the strategies around improving quality of life are important, but seeing say, um, you know, West Virginia University and their philanthropic community, what they're doing around uh, workplace incentives. So providing living stipends um, to kind of cover the costs of healthcare, of, of rent um, to keep people in their markets as well as attract uh, gig economy workers is, is unfortunately kind of what we're seeing because yeah, the incentives to the company is really, it, that doesn't matter. The, pe the companies go where the people are. So a lot of place-based strategies, I hear you saying. Uh, correct, correct. Place-making strategies, <laughs> I should say. So what- um... I, I don't think even universities are really trying to attract the quality people. <laughs> Yeah. What, some of, what us, some of us are here because we have been here, but uh, I think some people really want uh, want to leave this area if they, if there aren't good job opportunities. Yeah, we did a we did a through Eastgate. We did a study, I believe, in um, 2018 of young professionals, and the number one reason why people were local was because of family obligations. If they didn't yeah. have the family obligation, they would leave yeah. the community. Um, yeah. So with another generation, you know, the baby boomers retiring and, and moving to that said Naples, um, it's the problem is just going to exacerbate itself. Now, with the pandemic, we've seen a lot of jobs where people are able to stay where they are, but, you know, work in another part of the country and they don't have to move or anything like that. Is that going to affect these markets at all? Uh, luckily, it gave opportunity to some people moving out of state and working for Ohio. <laughs> that gave this opportunity as well. <laughs> yeah, um, anecdotally, I think I know five, no, seven um, young professionals that were either in New York, Chicago, or DC that have moved back to Mahoning Valley in the last 18 months. Um, in part, is, is that, um, yeah, it, the cost of living is lower, but um, without reliable childcare publicly at this time, they came home so that their families could help. Right. So that social support system and that needs to be connected in your community and have the um, not just professional but personal resources available to um, do the job that you do and live the life that you have. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a wonderful place to raise a family. Um, and I'm, it is kind of nice, um, you know, some of my peers, I, I never thought I'd, I'd see again outside of Christmas and Thanksgiving vacations. Um, it's, it's great to know that, you know, we can go meet up when we want to now, safely, of course. So we're right at time. So are there any final thoughts about the study, about the future of Youngstown that you want to add that we haven't maybe talked about? Hopeful view of Youngstown in the future? Yes, we are uh, working on the next brief. I think it will be the last one summarizing all our findings to uh, identify aspirational industries for the economy, not necessarily in the supply chain, but in general, we are again using um, LQs and maybe on the next recording, we will share the findings. So what are the areas other than the supply chain? You, you, mean, you meant I couldn't follow you, sorry. Oh, these are, um, we want to identify aspirational industries for, uh, mm -hmm. for Mahoning and Trumbull counties mm -hmm. across all industries. Mm -hmm. What will be concrete outcome for, from these studies? Can you just say that? I think um, this is phenomenal work and it's um, created in part because of the recognition that um, our, the Youngstown Metro has, a, has difficulty diversifying its, its economy. So um, it, I think this, the supply chain in the future study and, and really seeing this recommendation out of all of the service opportunities out of the Pittsburgh market, um, I think really affects maybe some of the the strategic planning that takes place with the economic development organizations on where they prioritize, um, whether it's those attraction dollars or, or, you know, as we keep on talking about the, the workforce challenges um, in order to um, sustain um, what local um, control of, of privately owned corporations or companies that we have in the Youngstown Metro. We look forward to it and we will be happy to meet with all of you again and hear what you have to say as a follow up to the next brief. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for all, doing all these for Youngstown. <laughs> yes, I appreciate it. It was great meeting you guys. It was great talking to you about this and hopeful for the future for Youngstown and Pittsburgh. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank all right, there you go. I was gonna say we have to do a pause and then <laughs> at the end be like, this is the end. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, I was actually um it's 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 coincidental because just last week I was in Youngstown on my way home from Lisbon. Um, we did like a tiny cabin in Lisbon and then we drove up to Youngstown on our way home to go on Lanterman, the Lanterman's Mill, like path. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It said it was family friendly. It was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I'm glad I did it, but absolutely terrifying. Cause there is a big chunk of the, that like trail that is only like eight inches wide, but like 150 foot drop. Ooh to the rapids 
and there's like, like no railing and I have like a three-year-old in like rain boots trying to like navigate this path so it was absolutely beautiful absolutely terrifying <laughs> what a thrill yeah no I um I live about three blocks from there so um I, I don't even think of it as dangerous anymore but that's I've just been excited because they've actually they, the paths actually used to be even smaller. So, so Ooh. it's good to hear an outside perspective where they're still seen as narrow. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because it's yeah, because it was we it couldn't walk single file. We had to, like I was like holding on to the one Aww. like on this side, being like, "Don't look that way. That's beautiful." But and it was absolutely it was absolutely gorgeous. Um, to to be over there and to and I and I drove past the Lordstown factory and being like let's do something for for here yeah no it's that project's really exciting both the um Lordstown Motors obviously they have lots of financial challenges but um kudos to them for taking that on um it's phenomenal that even the LCM project, I think the full um, equivalent or employee account will be like 1200 there. Um, and a lot of that, it does not require even an associate's degree. Um, it's, you know, accreditation towards um, industrial maintenance systems um, and a lot of uh, the supply chain management, you know. Um, so that's so definitely a great opportunity. and. Their leadership team actually is here right now. Um, they're doing train the trainer and like they're training for their site out of Chattanooga and so forth is actually you know taking place in Mahoning Valley. So it's really exciting. Fun stuff. Well, I mean it's a you know it's an interesting uh, work that you guys have here and the the body of work around Youngstown. As, you know we were saying at the beginning the number of research briefs and activity and. Um, hope that 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 continues and, and CSU can continue to partner and engage with folks around um, improving Youngstown as well as connections to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It was great meeting you all. Okay.